I'm Gab, he's Jules, blue skies over West London. Jules, we have a guest! Yeah. It's Mark Ogden, who of course was at the Emirates last night to watch Arsenal's win uh, over Manchester United. Yeah. Pretty dramatic stuff. We'll be talking about everything else in the course of the show. But don't worry, Mark, we'll be gone by then. Uh, <laughs> Mark, since you're here, let's get on with this, right? I was struck by this game that it would look at one point it's going to be a smash and grab one way when Carnacho scored. And then it turned out to be, in my view, a bit of a smash and grab the other way with Rice's goal. Am I being unfair that maybe a draw might have been a fair result? I think that's fair. I think on 70 minutes, you're looking at the game thinking neither team were particularly convincing. You're thinking they both look like they're a long way short of Man City. They're not going to challenge for the title this year. Disappointing drop points. Then United scored the runaway goal or the breakaway goal with Ganaccio which is ruled out, that would have been, you know, interesting. And then Arsenal, again, break away. So the result doesn't really reflect the game or the performance of both sides, I don't think. Arteta's not going to care because it's three points. Declan Rice is a new hero. Yeah, new hero. Uh, added time winner again. I think they've done that a few times last season. They did it again this season. I still think they were the better team. What was, I thought, very interesting is that Ten Hag, after the game, said, we were the better team, we deserve to win. And after that, said, we were the better team, we deserve to win. So okay, someone right. was on this point, On this point, you know how I feel about performances over results? I actually have more sympathy for Arteta saying, we are the better team, because it's football, you know, football, do something with the ball. Yeah, you actually attack. Yeah. For Ten Hag to say, we were the better team, sounds incredibly I mean, deluded to me. And said that it was a really good performance. I mean, on TV, certainly... It didn't look like that, I don't know, in well, the stadium. But was that a good performance from United? Or very good, he said? Very well, good performance? No, it wasn't. It, it was better than last season. So basically, after the game, we asked Ten Hag, that, that is the ninth time in 11 games against top, t top 10 teams away from home that they've lost. Yeah. So we said, look, you keep talking about how well you've played, but you lost again. Oh, well, that performance was better. Don't say that because we're playing better. But they still lost. It showed how bad they were last season. That was a better performance. It was slightly better, but United are still a long way short in every department. Um. Yeah, I, I just, just to be clear, I, I thought both teams played well below their level. It was not a great game. It was really. not a good game. We had the excitement and the, the incidents at the end, which we'll get to. In fact, let's run through this quickly, just getting up and down. If necessary, we'll go through this more on, on the Gavin Jules podcast. But um, Ten Hag, very unhappy with Gabrielle and Hoyland. Uh, Jules? Wrong. I didn't think it was a pen. I thought Holland lost control of the ball. If you lose control of the ball and you can't get it back... And it's okay for fine. the other guy to throw you to the ground. Okay. No, no, no. no, no I'm, I'm just saying. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I have control <laughs> of the ball. He's... I, I agree with yeah. Jules. All, all these kind of post-match nitpicking over the events, I, I don't know. I think that no, no penalty. All right. The Declan Rice goal. Now, Johnny Evans is the closest defender. By the way, we'll talk about Johnny Evans' cameo <laughs> later. I, it's not good. But... He's the closest defender. He doesn't get out to Declan Rice because he's tussling with Gabrielle. Were, were there grounds for a review there? No, because that happens at every corner, every set piece. You have to have, a, have some physical contact and some you know, jostling. That's what happens. It's, you can't stop every game to give a penalty for a bit of pushing and shoving. Jules, you agree with that, yeah? I thought they were both at, it, at each other, it, so... What would surprise me, too, is like, why does... I mean, Evans, with his experience, why don't you just get away from him once you see the balls getting and to rise, try to go and block, and the try shot. to get yeah, there, yeah, yeah, rather than like you know trying to make a point with uh, with Gabriel. Um, all right, the Havertz one, we both agree in the end, not a penalty. Yeah, that, that went to VAR. They got that right. Mm. There's not I, much. I, you know, I think that look, he has to take evasive action from Wambisaka's challenge, and, and some angles it looked like there may be a slight bit of contact from Wambisaka. The reason I don't why, think there's any question that there's contact at knee level. The reason why the referee didn't book him after reviewing it because he probably thought it was one of those where it wasn't a dive, but the contact may have been too slight for a penalty. Not everything's a dive, not everything's a foul, but if that had been given, I wouldn't have been too surprised. 
Jules, you're on board with that? Yeah, I mean, that's, we saw the Rashford one, the penalty Rashford got against Forest, for example, where again, there was very minimal contact, but there was contact and it was given and not reviewed. So I think that it's the referee going again to check the screen and then seeing and then making a better decision for himself maybe and then he reviewed it and thought, okay, it's not enough there. Ten Hag not happy with the Garnacho one, but then they point out to him, it's semi-automatic offside. He said it's it was robot. the wrong angle, so yeah. the lines were wrong. Yeah, okay, whatever, <laughs> whatever. I, I'm just going to, sometimes Ten Hag is a rough Did you time. like how Gabriel just like took yeah. his, his belly <laughs> to just like do the line? Um, Saka and Dala, you guys felt, Correct me if I'm Bruno. wrong. Bruno, Bruno, yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm Bruno. Um, that could have been something, yeah? Look, I mean, he went in, he missed the ball, and he stood up on his shin. So you've seen that being given as a red card. You have done and it. Whether right. it's because it's Saka, because it's at the Emirates, I don't know. That isn't, isn't his nature. Spoiling the game, yeah. So yeah. We want to avoid that. Yeah. Uh, final point, Jaden Sancho, and this could be a brewing... So not in the matchday squad, Mark. Um, Ten Hag explains afterwards that he didn't train at a high enough level this week. I'm paraphrasing. That's accurate. So he was bad at training, basically. That's why. That's what that means. Essentially, Sancho comes out and says people are saying lies about me. Yeah. Uh, I hope he's not calling Eric Ten Hag uh, a liar, Mark. Mm -hmm. I think I summarized what Ten Hag said fairly accurately. Sancho takes the social media. What did he say? Well, he said. It was completely untrue, and he's been made a scapegoat. He didn't directly say that Ten Hag has said it's untrue. He wasn't accusing Ten Hag of saying it was untrue or making him a scapegoat, but it was fairly obvious that Ten Hag had said these things, and an hour later, Sancho comes out and says he's been made a scapegoat. Now, you know, I've been told that United feel a little bit let down by Sancho in the sense that they really looked after him last season, made sure he got all the care he needed and all the, the time away from the club when he had his, his issues off the pitch, and it hasn't really been repaid since then, certainly in the summer, there's a sense that he doesn't train well. And he's not the first player not to train well. We know mm -hmm. that we spoke about people like Carlos Tevez, who notoriously trained badly in the week but performed at the weekend. Now, if Sancho's not training well and not playing well, that's a problem. So, Ten Hag may have said he didn't match his standards. Sancho may feel that he met his own standards. But if there's a gap in standards, that's well, the issue. Okay, so, George, to me, there's one point that Sancho seems to be missing, right? If you train all week, and you're not injured, and the manager doesn't put you in his match day 18, yeah. it's because he believes you haven't trained or performed well enough yeah. to be in the match day 18, right? So you can't call Ten Hag, but maybe right, maybe wrong in Sancho's view, maybe he, deserved, maybe he feels he deserves to be there, but yeah, yeah. Ten Hag makes it, you can't say Ten Hag is wrong for making a judgment and expressing an opinion on Sancho, yeah? yeah, I know, but it depends where what the level of mm. of training or the, what the training level is. Sancho might feel that he trained well, but other guys train better, so no, but better options. But and then I feel that well, no, that was not good enough for what I want you to do or for what I expect my players to do in my training sessions. So that's not good enough. You stay home this weekend, I drop you. You see, this time last year we had the same situation with Cristiano Ronaldo. Now. Same issues that Ten Hag thought it wasn't. You know, when he, he left the ground early, pulled him up, said, right, you're yeah. not doing that. He was very quick to say, these are my standards. If you don't meet them, no matter who you are, you're not playing. Marcus Rashford was dropped at Wolves for oversleeping and missing a team meeting. So if Jadon Sancho feels he's being almost victimised, well, he has to look back and think, well, he's, he's taken out Cristiano Ronaldo. He's dealt with Marcus Rashford. Right. Both players, bigger, bigger reputations, better performers than he is. So Sancho probably needs to look at himself a little bit and think, well, why is right. that always happening to me? I, I think, sorry, before you go on, England have had issues with him as well. Last This time a year ago, he was left out of a squad because of timekeeping. So it's a recurring theme with Jadon I, I think these situations are a bit different, though, because Rashford was a disciplinary issue for breaking team rules, yeah? Mm -hmm. Cristiano 
he left the ground early when he didn't come on. And I think it was an open secret that they wanted to move him on, mm. which eventually they did, canceling his contract. It's not the situation with Sancho. They're not going to cancel Sancho's no. contract because it would cost no, them no. an absolute mint. But is he right for a manager to expose him like that and throw yeah. him under the bus? Ten Hag could have said a lot of things like, yeah. he didn't feel great this week. Uh, you know, anything. Instead of just saying, like, clearly he's rubbish. He doesn't train well. And so I, I literally drop that, him. That, to me, is the issue here, Jules, because... It's unusual for a manager to come out and say this unless mm. it's something where we're pushing him out the door like well, they tried to do with Cristiano or whatever. That, yeah. especially, well, look, yeah, the window's yeah. just closed. Let me go and throw this guy under the bus. Well, this is the issue because there was some suggestion, well, United were prepared to let Sancho go. And there were some suggestions there was an interest in him last week that he wasn't open to accepting Sancho. So if United found a club and he wasn't willing to go, then Ten Hag would be unhappy about that. But you're right. It was September the is it third yesterday. The window just closed. You've got a player that you can't shift until January unless he goes to Turkey or Saudi Arabia, which neither seem an option. So for me, there's no way back for Sancho because he's completely defied his manager and gone against him publicly. How, how does Ten Hag bring him back in when there's clearly a breakdown of trust there? So you've got now, what, three, four months of this player just, you know, sulking, I guess, because he's not been picked and Ten Hag sticking to his guns. Because I don't see who backs down here. You know, Sancho's come out yeah. and said what he said. Ten Hag isn't going to back down. And, you know, because he has... If he backs down, then having criticised Rashford and Ronaldo public in the past, it's a very it's a sign of weakness on his part. So I see no way back for Sancho. Well, if you, you, this has been. you heard it here first, Sancho back on loan to Borussia Dortmund in January with United paying the bulk of his wages. <laughs> <laughs> would, would that not solve the situation? He's on very big wages. And why, so, would, yeah, Dortmund, gonna, why would Dortmund take yeah. him? Who's going to take him now? Well, because really? Dortmund, boy, well, you, you'd be big on the Adeyemi brand. Yeah, it doesn't matter even the players that you have. Like You think, okay, this is a player that would, will not play between now and January, or hardly play, he might play... A bit in the... Okay, all right, all right. No, you but you know what I mean? Who's going to take that gamble? I, I was joking. I He's was had joking. two bad years. They, they overpaid for a player that nobody else wanted. So but that's why I think a loan solution is the only... I mean, we've seen this happen, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Is, is the and only way out. he was really good at Dortmund the last season. You know, mm. he, there was a time where he was really, really good. good. So he can be good, but there's clearly a lot of baggage too. Let's talk about the approach of these two teams. Jules, you, you foreshadowed it when you said they got to go back to last year's back four or, you know, just because of the personnel issues that are there. Mm -hmm. And we saw that. Gabrielle came back, much to everybody's joy. Those mean people who wanted to send him away uh, didn't get their way. He's still there, right? Um, in some ways, I thought it would have an impact when I saw, okay, now Zinchenko can go and pull strings because, especially when it became obvious that United were just going to sit Mm. Really, really deep. But weirdly, what I seen, well, the way I saw the game develop was, right, United sat deep. They actually had a lot of the ball because Arsenal weren't pressing them super aggressively, maybe because they were concerned about, you know, the big ball over the top yeah, of Rashford. Yeah, I think so. Which is obviously how United scored, yeah, incidentally. Exactly. Although, by the way, that was a great finish from, from Rashford. Yeah, Still yeah. A, a ton to do, and I would also really question Ben White. Yeah. Because when you've got a player I, behind you, you have to go engage. Saliba's right behind him. There's no reason mm. why he can't yeah, but go Okay, in. So Saliba, as much as I love him, and you know, as much as he's one of my boys, I think Saliba is anticipating Rashford to come onto his left foot. So Saliba is moving behind White, almost waiting for Saliba right. to, instead of coming onto his right foot, to come onto his left foot. I still think, I know Rashford can go both ways. I still think that right now, like, 
today or yesterday in the game, there's more chances for Rashford to come inside onto his right foot to shoot the of way course. he does. Yeah. So Saliba is Saliba right to take that position behind White, almost waiting for Rashford to come right. on his, his left foot, or actually standing next to White. So they both I'm both I'm facing you and Oggy is Saliba, I'm White, you Rashford Gab, you're facing us. If you go on the right, Saliba is there or Oggy is there to block that shot. And if you go on your left, White is here. And I'm not sure Saliba is right to come behind White in case Rashford coming to his I left I think foot. Saliba, I think these are the things they work on. I think Saliba expects White to engage Rashford Absolutely. in that situation. It, White should expect that too because he know he doesn't have eyes on the back of his head. He doesn't know which way Saliba's moving. He just knows that Saliba's there. Yeah, and maybe. you know what? If both of them stand up, Rashford's going to try to go between them and you're probably going to give up a penalty. White should take him out to the left. You know, White should do more to take him away from the danger zone. White's yeah. a bit too it, passive. It's it's still a tremendous, still had a ton to do. And it's still a tremendous finish. Um, but but what's your take on on the approach that that that, that they took? I mean, I I just expected them to be more aggressive, to go and and, and challenge. You know, it's back there, it's it's, it's Juan Bissaka, mm. it's Lindelof, it's, it's guys like that at the back. But we didn't see that. No, I th I, th I think they they were a bit fearful of the ball, the ball from Ericsson and the ball from Bruno over the top for for Rashford and to some extent maybe to Martial as well. I think. I think they started well and Martinelli on Wan-Bissaka one-on-one worked really well so they wanted to feed the ball great but after that I think the game the game last season was quite a similar game to be fair the 3-2 win when Nketiah scored late mm. and Arsenal kind of had a similar approach and I don't think United did much more attacking this time than they did last year either so I would I would not question so much Arsenal lack of pressing or lack of or we're not aggressive enough in their press I just thought that they knew that United, we're not going to attack much. So maybe you don't need to go and press too high because otherwise you expose yourself to long balls, I guess. It's disappointing though. After, after you get you bring, you bring in Harvard, yeah, you go control four, of one, the game. four, one. Yeah, but what are you controlling? You don't even have the ball. I mean, look at the possession stats on the first half. Yeah, yeah. Right? But uh, I, I mean, I, I look, maybe it was also the heat. It was a rare. It wasn't that, it wasn't hot. that hot. It was just very sunny. I, I'm giving you excuses. Look, I think I United. Think, but can 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 I say something? Is this what Ten Hag refers to when he says he managed to? They said they played really well because ultimately they controlled the pace of that game. They made Arsenal play the way United wanted them to play. Yeah, but then United didn't do enough to take advantage. I I don't think United know how they want to play. They, they can't go away from home and, and kind of kill a game or just contain a game, and they they aren't good enough to be proactive and, and attack the game and kind of dominate the game. I, th I think both teams yesterday look like teams that are still working out to play with their new players. They don't know what to do with Havertz, Arsenal. Arsenal don't know what to do with him. He doesn't know what to do in that system. But United equally have got this goalkeeper which they're completely unfamiliar with in terms of how he wants to come much further out of his goal, pass around the back, and they don't quite know how, to, how, it, how it works. And I think Arsenal are a bit further ahead in the learning curve than United are. United look a team that they don't know what to do at the moment. They haven't got the, they haven't got the quality to play like Man United should do in terms of attacking away from home. But then we saw, we're speaking to Jules beforehand. I mean, the confusion when you watch Wan-Bissaka pushing up and almost playing like a false, <laughs> a false nine and Bruno Fernandes dropping in at right back up against Martinelli. I mean, why is Wan-Bissaka being given licence to get that far up the pitch? Because he can't use the ball. Just stick him at right back. I don't understand that. What, yeah, it's confusing. Clearly. And then we go back to the recruitment then, mm. because if that's what Ten Hag wants, if he wants fullbacks who can come into midfield like that, like uh, Stones or Trent or Zinchenko, those kind of players, or Cancelo, this is not one Bissaka. And I don't think the players around are that comfortable either. 
So then, have you signed the right players? Yeah, we can't we can't put that one on Ten Hag because that was a, that was one of the eight hundred and four right backs but, in the but, system. But, but whether it's one Bissaka or sign another right back, but but the recruitment for Ten Hag spending is over four hundred million. Yeah. They still finish with a back four of Dalot, Maguire, <laughs> Evans, and Wan Bissaka. I'm yeah. sorry, but for Manchester United, oh. it's not good enough. I know there's injuries, but it's not. Good. I don't want to see Johnny Evans playing for United anymore. No. Neither Harry Maguire. I mean, the Arsenal fans are chanting Harry Maguire's name yesterday. It, I mean, that is the the peak of a humiliation. Harry Maguire, the world. Right. The, the, the Arsenal fans are chanting his name, mocking him almost, and that that's really bad for Man United and Harry Maguire. That's happening. Okay, so on United's recruitment. You said at the start of the summer that they had 120 million to spend, mm. plus whatever they could raise through sales. Mm. I haven't done the math, but I think you were pretty much spot on, and that the numbers all worked yeah. out. That you know, whoever gave you that line was was clearly very, very well informed. Thank you. They would have spent a little more, I think, had they managed to shift Harry Maguire. Yeah. That didn't happen. Or uh, and, sorry, or McTominay. Or Mc, yeah, but, but I mean, yeah, if you get 40 for Maguire, 30 for McTominay, you've got 70. It's another centre yeah, back or, of very or, good quality. Or, yeah, or Martial while we're at no, no, it. Right? But, uh, no, but McTominay and Maguire, there was a market for them, surely. What, what, I, I don't know about the McTominay market to what yeah, degree that is. You could have shifted. What complicated but, United summer is the goalkeeper. Now, rightly or wrongly, they were hoping that De Gea would stay. And I think they, they made the right call by moving him on. But because he left, they had to find £40 million for, for Anana, which obviously affected what they could do in terms of... Plus time. another £5 million for buying deer. Well, exactly, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, so let's talk about who they did come. They did bring in. We got our first glimpse in the Premier League of uh, Rasmus Hoyland. Mm. Very you nice. You excited? Yeah, very nice. I thought there was a couple of really good touches. If we need to score goals, link up the play, it's, it's not going to be enough for a club like United. So if he's clinical enough... Okay, wait, not going to be enough. Given he's only 20... I'm going to play devil's advocate here, Mr. Contrarian. Last season, they had a striker who just linked up the play and didn't score many goals. And then they had Martial, who also didn't score many what, goals. What, you talk about Vaghost? Yeah. Come and they did, Vaghost didn't link the play. Okay, but that's what it did. they tried to get him to do, yeah. like, moving him deeper, whatever, yeah. right? And despite all this, despite all you guys mocking Vaghost and despite Martial's issues, they said Rashford scored a million goals and they finished third in the Premier League, right? So we all agree Hoyland is better than Vighorst and Martial and whatever. Yeah, but before Ogito, so you don't spend that money on someone who's just going to link a play. No, but maybe he's going to score goals later. Even if he just links up play, I'm saying is you're already well ahead of where you were last year, right? At least in that department? He's, he's given United a different option. Obviously, it was 20 minutes yesterday. But what he did, he, he was aggressive, he was persistent, and he worked hard. Now... That, their basic qualities, but United haven't had those, certainly with Anthony Martial. So he really roughed up the Arsenal defence. And when he was, the, the second balls were dropping off into Bruno, which again United haven't had. So Bruno and Eriksen had this ability from that point in the final third to pick a pass. It gives United a higher platform. So he's helping United's attacking game. You're right, he has to score goals. But oh, He said that. Well, yeah. I mean, any strike has to score goals. But from what I saw yesterday, he's changed the way that they play and he gives them more aggression. And... I made this point last week, but United's away record certainly is down to the fact that the forwards don't work hard enough. Marshall doesn't work hard enough, Anthony doesn't, and Marcus Rashford doesn't. I think with Hoyland, he works much harder. He, and that was one big thing that Ten Hag wanted when he brought a striker in. He wanted a striker who would press from the front, be tenacious, worry defenders. And he's done that. The big question is, do, will he score enough goals? And that, you know, who knows? I mean, he's only 20, like you say. It's a big question if he'll score the goals. It's true. They finished third last season. I'm just going to remind you guys uh, of that. And, and he's an upgrade right. over is, what is was Is Marcus Rashford going to score another 30 goals? Why not? 
Yeah, but, yeah, but why, why he, f- he doesn't? Two goals are going to come. Last season, Rashford had an incredible season, mm. which is which is he's that talented. But he saved them on many, 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 mm. many occasions because he was the only he one really of that. Them, four. Really saved them on Sunday too. Yeah, well, no, but on that yeah. forward line, he was the only one. Yeah. When he starts scoring last season, United stopped winning. Exactly. I'm not saying Hoyland doesn't need to score at all. But what I'm saying is Hoyland can have a great season scoring 10, 15 goals if he does all the other things and yeah. United will be a better team. Yeah. That, that's the only thing. And like, I don't want to go to the end yeah. season and say like, oh, look, they paid 75 million for him. He's 20 years old and he hasn't scored it, 25 it, goals. The way he like, plays, he might he might encourage 15 goals from Martin Fernandez. Exactly. From, from, so that's, that is a big ad because nobody was doing that last season. Um. In terms of the other two uh, late arrivals, Regulon, I think I know what you guys are going to say. It's just the body. You guys are not Sergio fans, right? No, I had forgotten that he was uh, still playing football. So. Look, they, had, they were backed into a corner. The choice was Regulon, Kukurea or Marcus Alonso. I was available so, as well. I could play so left back if they, you want. They didn't have a good choice. So I don't know about you defending. Got, you're more of an attacking player. Yeah, I know, that, that was all they had. So you can't really blame them for that. Because uh, and so we were just deciding Regulon can't go back to being the player he was two, three years no, ago. can. You can, but it's hard if you're a United fan to see the number three. Okay. Also, if you're a left back choice. searching for form and confidence, that is the wrong team to do it in, that defence. If you're, if you're a player that needs a bit of confidence building up, don't go to Man United's back for give, I'll give you that one. <laughs> That's without question. Yeah. Amrabat, we're more bullish on, as long as, look, I said this on the show, like, as long as you don't expect World Cup Amrabat to show up. But Why not? Because that was distilled in four or five games he doesn't he doesn't play at that level week in week out but what he does give you is he's a very smart player he's a great leader he's a fighter um and he's got a ton of personality in the middle of the park but he's not the second coming of, of, of brian robson and roy Keane rolled into one no some people were presenting him and the way he looked at times in in doha yeah yeah so he's still a, he's a better team i even expect him to raise his level too so um all the qualities you mentioned then are exactly what United need. They, they need that kind of personality, that leadership, that aggression. So that's what he brings and that, that makes them better before he's even kicked a ball. So you play I, him and Casemiro together? Well, I, I think I don't think that's what he wants to do. And I think if you do that, you take a step back because then you turn, turn into even more of a counter-attacking team. I mean, presumably Ericsson and Mount, who are passers, who are better passers than Amrabat, presumably they're part of Ten Hag's vision. So I assume yeah, he has be, one, yeah. right? So I see him more as somebody who gives Casemiro a break in certain games, can come on and affect games off the bench when you need him. And then in certain games, when you do want to go with two defensive midfielders, and look, I remember it's not just a defensive midfielder, but no, no, yeah. when you want to go for the more solid setup, you can play both of them, you know, away from home against certain teams, whatever. I don't have a problem with United playing on the counter some of the time. I just don't want to get this to be a habit where we see this this big pile of turds that we saw in yeah. that, 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 that we saw because this is not what Ten Hag. I sorry, I go back to this. This is not what Ten Hag did at Ajax. This is not what got no. him the United job. They still have to be moving in that direction of the football he wants to play. Mm. And frankly, with with Anthony in there, with some of these choices, they're still really, really. We were talking about this earlier. Mark. Yeah, look, they're far away yeah. from. It's going to take a long time From because since, since he arrived at the club, I think I think 18 and 19 players have left. A lot of players that have gone on to do absolutely nothing since, Jesse Lingard, um, Juan Mata, Cavani, Pogba even. So he's had to do a massive clear out. He's brought in 10, right? So it's going to take a lot of time. But obviously they need a bit of patience and it doesn't help Ten House cause that part of that patience revolves around people like Anthony who he really pushed the ball out to sign. So yeah. all, some of his signings haven't been great. But you have to accept that the absolute dross that he inherited, and there's still quite a bit of dross there. 
Donny van der Beek. Uh, who else are they trying to get rid of this week? Um, Bay, Eric Bay. Yeah, Eric Bay. I mean, these, these players that have got Harry Maguire, they've got no future on United. It's going to take a lot of time to get rid of them, but you can't have all the time in the world. Okay. Is there a parallel universe where Mason Greenwood doesn't get in trouble and where Jaden Sancho lives up to his price tag? And Ole, who had finished second the year before, sticks around, and United are in it. Is, is, is that no. parallel universe exist? No, 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 because he mentioned Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and yeah. as a coach, he had exactly. no clue. Okay. So that's only in your head. <laughs> yeah. All right, good. Uh, final point. I don't want to be a stickler for kits, but and I know it's not a big deal. Normally, I really don't care. The only thing that bugs me is when people wear their second kit when there's no, mm. there's no clash, like we yeah. saw in the Women's World Cup final, whatever. But this this thing that United were wearing is absolutely horrible. Are you going to tell me there's some sort of historical reason? Well, for I, this? I asked someone from United. I said, "What is that kit all about?" And it's and the person I asked rolled their eyes and said, "Oh, it's something to do with some tradition way." But and they didn't know what it was about. It's some it's some Adidas, you know, manufactured idea that there was back in the day some industrial kind of colour in Manchester was green and it reflects that. It's rubbish, you know. Just go to a traditional kit. You're telling me that fans will, will not buy a traditional. Do you know how bad it looks on television? Oh, it looked. I mean, you saw you you watch the game on television. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, to me, it looked as if you had. It looked as if there were a bunch of black and white players yeah, yeah. against in like a full color environment. It was like it was like it some was kind of really weird, weird acid trip. Yeah, it like, was. It was. It's like, it was it's like, like a weird Newcastle kit. Yeah, but exactly. I mean, I, I made this point earlier on that Chelsea unveiled Cole Palmer on Friday. Welcome to Chelsea in, the, in, the, in their new away kit. It's blue. Chelsea have got a blue away kit. Well. Hang on a minute. The, the people who designed these kits not realize that Chelsea's home <laughs> kit is blue. So when they play Everton away, what are we going to wear this weekend? We've got to go, the third oh, kit. Let's wear our, our away kit. Oh, it's blue. Just, just go back to let, let kit, the fans get involved. Let the fans have a, have a say in what the kits look like. Third, they have a very nice third kit, which is gingham and polka dots. Oh, lovely. Relatively yeah. reliably informed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, enough United. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gav. Liverpool destroy Aston Villa 3-0. Jules, some love for TAA or just criticism of Unai Emery's insane high line? I think both are valid. Both. And the third point I would make is you can have a high line, but if you don't put pressure on the guy on the ball, there's just no point. You can have the highest line or the quickest defenders in the world. You're going to get exposed. And what I don't understand is how you can give Trent so much freedom on the ball and how, more importantly, you don't correct it through the game. After five minutes watching that game, I could have told you, tell Watkins, Diaby, Douglas, with whoever you want to put pressure on Trent. Otherwise, he was going to pick those passes all day long, which is what he did. And to be fair, Villa got what they deserved. Maybe they could have scored a goal, but they could have considered five as well. I mean, it was so obvious. The way he's it moving was. inside, Matip goes to right back. And this is what I'm confused by Emery. I can see his record. I can see all the great things that he's done tactically. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I want to call him a genius. I know. But then he does stuff like this. That's and this is so basic. Mo Salah played and scored in that game against Villa. And Jorgen Klopp said once more that he was not leaving or he's not leaving for Saudi Arabia. What do you think? Okay, so I've gone back and forth on this, right? Because obviously the obvious argument is if you're a club and you think long-term or medium-term, yeah. There's a number which it makes sense for him to go. If you're Klopp and you're thinking now, as managers often do, then obviously you say that he's staying. Uh, Klopp seemed to hint before the game that the decision was above his head. 
you know, he says, no, he's going to stay. What do I know? Yeah, what do I know? Like, I'm not. But then after this, he was pretty emphatic. And I also kind of think to myself, would he have played in this game? If if you as a club have decided, yeah, we're going to sell him, right? We're going to move him on. Yeah. Would you play in this game knowing that, you know, you're kissing 200 million goodbye if he suffers a bad injury? Yeah, I'm not sure. Not. No. Um, so maybe Liverpool are now intent on keeping him. Maybe it's changed. I don't know. I, this is going to run and run until they the always wanted to keep him. There's no way he's leaving. Barcelona huff and puff and eventually get the win over Osasuna 2-1. Um, by the way, a B team Osasuna, eight changes yeah. since the conference uh, uh, league game playoff uh, on Thursday. Jules, this wasn't great, but it's no. three points, I guess. Yeah, I guess they found a way. Kunde on, on a corner, great header, and then a, a penalty for Lewandowski. We disagree on the pen. I thought it was very, very, very generous. You it was a penaltito. It, you thought it was a penaltito, and there was a bit of confusion as well when he was about to take it, and then VAR and the referee stopped him to uh, to send off the Osasuna defender. You found a way of winning. They haven't been good since the start of the season, really. It's another late win for them, like in the last two games in the league. This is not really convincing, but I guess until you win, it's okay, right? I I, I think no Pedri is is yeah, a problem huge. right now. Yamal had a quiet game. Now they did have those two chances early in the game with Gundogan and Liverpool. Gundogan, yeah, yeah. by the way, also had a really difficult yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And maybe if they score those, it's all downhill. Um, but yeah, it's three points. No, That's no. what matters. And Gavi, who's nineteen, that was his one hundredth game already. <laughs> For Barcelona, 19 yeah. years old. I, I think Yamal will probably get there by the time yeah, he's maybe 18. As well, yeah. And Gab, you have opposite feelings toward the Joao's, Cancelo and Felix, then I have both made a debut for Barcelona on Sunday night. Have you figured out what Xavi has planned for them? I mean, one Joao is easier to understand than the other. Yeah, they're both, yeah, one is easier to understand the other. Um, like, I mean, we're both down on Joao Felix. Like, I, th I, think, I think we know the strategy here, Yeah. given also they have the same agent, is move Anso to the Premier League. If Ansu does it in the Premier League, then you've got the optionality of you take him back and look, brand new Ansu, or it's a good season Premier League, somebody comes along yeah. and offers you 100 million for him, and then you've monetized Ansu and George is, Uncle George is happy. And in the meantime, you bring somebody else with Joe Felix. I wonder if the idea is, you know how they've they've, they've played that sort of Rafinha, uh, Y plus Lewandowski and Gavi and kind of- Yeah, yeah, so like, like four midfielders, yeah. What if they just say, right, screw this. Lewandowski is perhaps more productive when he's got somebody with him. And so you sacrifice Rafinha, you play more of a 4-4-2, you've got proper attacking fullbacks giving you width and, and Balde on the left and Jean Cancelo uh, on the right. And you play Leva with Ferran Torres or Joao Felix up front. Yeah. And then you've got Gavi as part of your midfield four and then you can control the game better. So Could you play that... Pedri, Gavi and Joao Felix together somehow. Pedri, well, not somehow, Pedri, Gavi, De Jong and, and Gundogan. I mean, I don't think... Um, I don't think I don't think that's so much of an issue, right? I don't know if Joao Felix can play with Gavi and Pedri. All three he's not playing them. with them. He's playing with Lewandowski. Yeah, but, no, but in the same team, I mean. In the same team. I think they would pick up the same positions, spaces. But he's got to learn to do something. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I mean, because otherwise there's no purpose to him. No, true. true. Other than... Would you play him left? On the left-hand side? No, he's no I want winger, But then he can come inside. No, I want Rafinha. But Rafinha would play on the right-hand side. That's Rafinha's position. I, I don't... 
No, but you don't want to drop Gavi either, right? No. On the left. That's why, that's why I'm all, I'm, 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 I love Joe Felix. And, and I think the only explanation talented. I can think of is that the idea is Joe Felix through the middle with Leva. Yeah. Otherwise, this whole thing I want to see where it fits absurd. and how he fits in there. That's all. And that's why I'm really excited to see if Javi can, Javi can make it work, if Joe Felix is ready to make it work, and where is he going to make it work. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. More quick hits coming your way. Yes. Paris Saint-Germain destroy Olympique Lyonnais 4-1 on the road. Jules, this was over by halftime. It was over after 20 minutes, Gav, because PSG were already 2-0 up. Big mistake by Tolisso after three minutes, penalty from Mbappé. And after that, PSG looked, I have to say, with the ball, fantastic. Out of possession, they still considered chances and, and, and shots. making some big saves. Some really big saves. No marking him. Yeah, yeah, no, really, really good. But... It was still too easy for, for PSG in, in what is, was a very toxic evening in Lyon. Jean-Michel Olas in the crowd smiling at the defeat because obviously <laughs> he's at war with John Texton, the new ownership, the fans not happy, the ultra, the, the capo of the ultra, the, the chief of the ultra, like talking to the players like in a scene that I'd never seen before in European football. So really crazy stuff. It's a great win and Lyon, to be fair, Deserve to lose, but maybe not not to that extent. Although Laurent Blanc, who by the way I think has managed his last game for Lyon, said it was a nightmare from start to finish. But yeah, I don't know really what the answer for them. They they are in deep deep crisis. But we have a standing invitation to John Texter if you want. Please, to Johnny. Up. Please, we'd love to hear your yeah, version definitely. of events. And by the way, did you know John Texter was a competitive skateboarder when he was in his mid-teens? Was he? No, I don't know. But I, I was I told his that Wikipedia he loves, page says that's so it must be yeah, true. Yeah, I don't know. But I was told he loves his uh, scooter. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Manchester City destroy Fulham five one as Erling Haaland gets a hat trick and an assist. But Gab, this wasn't as easy as the scoreline suggests. I, I don't think it was. Certainly not in the first half. No. Um, you know, it, it, it was one one and. Fulham absolutely furious with City's second goal. If you haven't seen this, it's Ake's header. Akanji standing in an offside position. Yeah, It's a close offside position. I think he clearly makes a move, which clearly screws up Bernd Leno. Um, the referee, Michael Oliver, I don't blame him for not, maybe he doesn't realize uh, Akanji's offside. But that's what the VAR is there for. Yeah. Tell him, Akanji's offside. And, hey, Michael, you may feel he's interfering. Right, so then That's have the referee so go look at it. Beyond that, uh, Holland, bit of luck, but yeah, a bit of luck in terms of being in the right place at the right time. But some superb finishes, yeah, yeah, a lot of quality. But I'll tell you what, so much power. No Grealish, no Bernardo Silva, no De Bruyne. You can feel that. Yeah. You can feel that. Yeah, definitely, and no Pep either. A leg Jude Bellingham goal gives Real Madrid a 2-1 uh, win in their debut at the new Bernabeu, which is the old Bernabeu plus a new roof. Yeah, uh, Jules. <laughs> Given the absences, this was a big three points. Yeah, huge three points. And the way it came right at the end, of course, the keeper fumbling the ball and then Bellingham to there, the rebound to score again, the savior, five goals in four now. The celebration, the stadium, they exploded, they closed the roof because obviously it was supposed to... They wanted to test it. They wanted to test it and it was slightly drizzle. It was, it was a bit of drizzle in Madrid where it never rains. Uh, so I can imagine inside the stadium, the sound and the, the noise would have been incredible. Well done to him. 
but they will have to play better, better than that, or better than what they've done so far this season. But I guess when you have no Courtois, no Militao, no Vinicius, yeah. it's difficult to be, you know, to really be at your best. Hostello did fine. What I liked yeah. is that Modric in the first half, course in the second half, they show that they still exactly. have something. They still to have something to, to, to bring, definitely. Sticking with Getafe, Gabi, they've signed Mason Greenwood on loan. The charges against him were dropped, obviously, as you know, but question, some questions certainly remain, which is why they've been criticised for taking him, although I, I don't think their fans will care that much, right? I don't think the fans kind of care, mentality. obviously. Spain engulfed in the Rubiales, Me Too situation, yeah. whatever. A lot of these are on the floor. It seems kind of not in keeping with the times in Spain yeah, to yeah. take him in, unless you're part of the backlash. I, I didn't think with Greenwood, the difficult situation he's in is that, you know, when it comes to second chance, we were talking about this, I think back to Michael Vick, obviously different situation. People yeah, yeah. say like, you know, well, if you admit your guilt, show contrition, you know, people will generally give you a second, uh, second, a chance. second chance if you think you're being sincere about it. Queenwood, though, and again, I blame lawyers again, is in a situation where he can't admit to his guilt, otherwise the case can get reopened. This is the part which blows me yeah. blows me away, right? Uh, so I don't know how you get out of this. Maybe people will forget one day? Yeah, I don't maybe. Ange Ball is in full flight, Jules. How about that 5-2 hammering of Burnley away with Hong Min Son getting his hat trick? Yeah, that was great. They went 1-0 down, of course, because they are quite open defensively because of the way they play and the way they attack with their fullbacks. But after that, they just destroyed them. And again, we talked about the Aston Villa high line defensively. Not really sure what Burnley were trying to do, but the defending was appalling. And we said, you, you can't come up and be so naive defensively. That's it, all. Well, they're no more naive than Spurs, just Spurs of better players, right? No, but they the, the They say, well, we're going to go blow, blow for blow against them, and yeah, but no. they yeah, tore into shreds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How about my man Luca for, for Burnley? Luca. I can never remember his last name because it's unusual, but he's Italian. Played <laughs> in the under-19s, and he's eligible for the U.S., Nigeria, Canada. Oh, yeah. It's one of those multi-passport well, dudes. Okay, great. Chelsea fall at home to Nottingham Forest 1-0 and get booed at full time. Gab, you were there. What did you see or not see, maybe? I saw, well, what I did not see Shambles. is any sense of creativity, right? When when, when I, I saw them against Luton on Friday night and Luton were wide open and have really bad players. Yeah, but they are a terrible and, team. And so they won 3-0, right? Forest have much better players and Forest, credit to Steve Cooper, he says, all right, well, we're going to go clog spaces and so on. When your opponent clogs spaces and you're at home, there's two yeah. ways you beat them. You beat them with individual creativity or you beat them with patterns of play. Chelsea have zero patterns of play right now. Let's give them more time. Individual creativity, what little there was, other than Raheem Sterling running at people once or twice, you thought Enzo might provide? No, he played Enzo in the hole behind yeah. the striker, so which strange. means every time he got the ball, because he's not yeah, a number five 10 players around, five yeah, players exactly. around him, right? You you negated his passing from deep. That weird back five, back four and a half, whatever it is, with Chilwell as one of your wingers. Dude, if you want him to play high, fine. But don't leave him up there because it doesn't work. Yeah. He, he just runs in straight lines. Yeah, um, good one. For, no, good this one kind of reinforced my idea that this team is horrendously constructed. And at least on the weekend, uh, Poch didn't really help them. Yeah. Bayern went away to Borussia Mönchengladbach 2-1 with Matisse Tell coming up big to score the winner. Jules, despite all the controversy off the pitch, uh, they've won 3-3 and are top of the table. Yeah, 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 true. Uh, although that wasn't good. I mean, certainly the first half I thought was terrible. The second half would be better. Thomas it Müller, was better than their previous games. Maybe. Thomas Müller starting behind Harry Kane, who adds 
His worst game, I mean, a really poor game, let's put it that way. Not, it's not the fact that he didn't score, it's that not much happened uh, around him, with him, through him, at all through that game. But you win, you're right. And good for Matty Stell to come off the bench and score the winner like that on set pieces. Well done to them. But again, if they want to win the Champions League, even the league, I still think they would have to play much, much better than yeah. that. And all the toxicity, though, is still there. Yeah. Right? It's just like this clap from the it, goalkeeper definitely. to Palinha yeah, yeah. to now he's complaining he doesn't of have course. enough defenders. He just has the big tall ones, but not enough fullbacks. Yeah, yeah. Napoli lose at home to Lazio 2-1 like last season if you remember as Luis Alberto puts on a masterclass and a great goal and Mauricio Sarri gets some revenge on his old club Gab reason to be concerned about my boy Rudy Garcia well look he's got big shoes to fill uh, I think defensively they're not where they are I think in no, this game Juan Napoli Jesus, man come on Napoli were just too lackadaisical early on. They they, they kind of took, oh, well, it's Lazio. I was going to sit and defend. Eventually, the goal will come. Lazio had two goals disallowed, one from yeah. your boy, Matteo yeah, Guendouzi, yeah, yeah. which, again, with disallowed goals, yeah, they disallowed yeah. for a reason. But, but were, it's like the Garnacho goal with the marginal yeah, offside. Tight. Say like, yeah. It was the right decision, but, but it means something screwed up yeah, because he went through and scored. Yeah, definitely. Um, they, I think if they have more intensity up front, they can get over their uh, defensive deficiencies. It's early for a defeat, though, for a first defeat. Especially compared to last season. Yeah, but they won the other game. I know, so but... Come on. Evan Ferguson bags a hat-trick as Brighton pummel Newcastle 3-1. Jules won win in four games for Eddie Howe, but they've played four of last season's top seven. You're not worried about Newcastle, are you? Yeah, I mean, those three defeats, you know, City, Liverpool and Brighton are, are tough games. Two, two, two of them away from home as well. I'm worried about Nick Pope's form. I mean, what was that? That performance, the fumble on the first goal, the second goal he should have stopped every day of the week. Um, and if you look at it, the XG for Brighton is pretty much similar to the one of Newcastle. It was Newcastle had two big, big chances massive early. Massive chances. So it's not all bad, but it's the pressure and the pressure is big now, of course. And when you come back from international break, you are home to Brentford, then you go to Milan, you will have City in the, you, yeah. in the League Cup. It's not going to be easy. Interested top of Serie A with a 4 0 hammering of Fiorentina. I was really impressed, guys, by the way. Lautaro scores two. And my boy Marcus Turam also opens his account. Might it be better than last season? Well, you would, f you wonder, you know, Brozovic like leaving is a big loss. Pavard coming in is a big loss. <laughs> Just kidding. See what I did there? Uh, like, I think it was big for Turam. Turam, people were like, oh, Turam's not scoring. Yeah, but he does a lot of other things. Yeah. He's obviously much more dynamic than the people who he replaced, you know, yeah. Romelu Jeku and, uh, and Edin Lukaku. Um, so there's a lot of enthusiasm. It's big that Lautaro's scoring. He, they're going to need more help to carry the team. I think a lot's going to depend how much Fratesi can contribute in midfield going forward. Time to celebrate Xabi Alonso oh. again. Bayer Leverkusen put five past Darmstadt and top of the table. The top of the table alongside Bayern, who they happen to face after the international That's break. That's going to be great. That's going to be great. I mean, Victor Boniface. We knew he was good, but did we know he was that good? Maybe not. Uh, after doing so well in Belgium, it was great. It was the intensity was there. Um, I mean, one of the goal, of course, if you haven't seen it, is comical because the. Uh, the Darmstadt players like collide with each other and then the ball and then Leverkusen on the attack and Boniface was a lovely solo goal. But yeah, there's a lot of things to like about this Bayer Leverkusen team. I don't know how far they can go. I don't know if they will win something. We've been used to Bayer Leverkusen being really good and still winning nothing, right? In their history. But this is this is cool. Certainly for now, it's really cool. It's really exciting. And, and 
every time that they play, you kind of, in, you really enjoy watching them. So that game against Bayern is going to be special. Fun fact about Boniface. I know a guy at uh, Union Sanchez was where he was uh, last year who, uh, who said, yeah, yeah, we'll probably, you know, sell him, raise some money for him. Uh, we're getting huge offers for him, but we don't think he's that good, but others do. And I'm wondering, like, obviously, uh, yeah. you guys are really smart. You've done great things. Yeah. Did you get this one wrong? I don't know. Juventus win 2-0 away at Empoli and are two points back in Serie A, Gab. I was excited to see Paul Pogba come on again. But I'm concerned how he went off. And that goal, lovely goal that he scored, that was disallowed rightly so for a tiny offside from Blavich. So Pogba come on, he's the moves. He came on last week. And now it's another muscular issue with him. I think... If you're Juve, you have to treat Pogba as like, oh look, he's a little cherry on top when he's ready. If not, let's make plans. Uh, let's make plans without him. Um, I don't think Juve were great in this game. They no, weren't as bad as some of the previous games. Uh, Federico Chiesa um, scored. A, scored a, it's funny he he scored the second goal. It was funny because you, I assumed immediately that it's just a ball over the top, races yeah. out, kind of falls over as he brushes past the goalkeeper. And then gets up and scores the goal. And I thought, you know, old Chiesa would have just rolled around saying like, oh, yeah, keeper sent off, blah, blah, blah. But actually, replay showed there was no contact whatsoever. No, yeah. So uh, well done, Federico Chiesa. Contrast in styles at the Alte Försterei, but it's Leipzig who get the three points against Union Berlin as they win 3-0. Uh, Jules, which newcomer do you want to celebrate? Xavi Simmons for his uh, stunner or Benjamin Sesco for opening his account with two goals or Leo Bonucci for looking uh, very Bonucci-like on the bench. Very Bonucci-like on the bench or even maybe Danny Olmo's assist on the second uh, Sesco goal because that was a very, very special assist. I don't know. I like the Xavi Simmons goal because it's nil-nil and the game is is well contested, I thought. It, it then, is well, this is not a one-sided no, game. No, the two not. goals came late yeah, at the end. Exactly. Yeah, because Tesco scored 81st, 86 yeah. or 85th, something like that. But the Chavis Simmons goal really kind of like unlocked the game for Leipzig and what an amazing finish and shot in the top corner it was from him. I'm so happy he's back at PSG. He's on loan there with obviously not, no option to buy. And what a talent he is. And after that, it's good for Cesco, who is that, this tall, a bit lanky at times, but so good, so efficient, in, certainly at the end of this game. So well done to the Leipzig and well done to um, Simon, Cesco and, and Danny Olmo. This was way back on Friday night, Gabi, but Milan beat Roma 2-1 as Roman Lukaku came on for his debut as a Romanista. Milan looked good, really good. We were impressed together. We were on the FC show after. And I guess Lukaku isn't an instant fix for Roma. We need a bit of time. He'll need a bit of time. He'll need a bit of Dybala with him. I think Roma, yeah, yeah, yeah. period, need a bit of Dybala. In this game, you know, you don't start Dybala. You don't start Luca Pelle Lorenzo Pellegrini. Mm -hmm. You're going to have an issue with quality. Um, it's interesting. Uh, what I mean, Jose, no doubt, realizes this. He, he makes a game plan. But Roma don't look great at the back. No. Um, in midfield, you know, I don't need to watch. I don't need to see Paredes play again. If he never plays for Roma again, you have Balve, who did so well I for know, Mourinho last season. Yeah. Put him back in there because you need a modicum of dynamism. Up front, we'll see. This team cannot be Dybala dependent. Otherwise, it's going to be really, really tough for uh, for Jose. Also back on Friday, uh, Borussia Dortmund go 2-0 up at home inside of 15 minutes. Yeah, everything's simple, right? Yeah. But they're somehow pegged back to a 2-2 draw by Heidenheim. Same old problems for Eden Terzic. Wow. And you can't blame Matt Somos because he was on the bench. He was on the bench. I can blame Sebastian Haller, though, because I don't know if nobody talks to him. I don't know what he's thinking when, at the end of the game, he controls the body's in own, own box, not seeing that there's a player in his back that's coming, fouls him, 
I, you know, it's a it's a penalty. There's no doubt. For, in my opinion, certainly, because you can't. But it's just it's just the mistakes that they keep making. Every different player has a mistake in him at some point in a game through the season. And I'm like, what's going on here? Do they not? Do they not talk about it? Do they not try to fix the mistake? How can they, each one of them each make a mistake after the other? Riddle me this. Haller is fit. He scored a ton of goals after coming back, um, you know, fighting his way back from yeah. secret cancer last season. You have Mukoku, who you gave a new contract to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they go and get Nico Fulkrug. I know, man. Do, do you understand this? Not at all. I mean, I even, you could even argue that Fulkrug and Haller, I... I call it a similar profile. If you get another forward that brings you something different to what you have, I say, okay, I can see. Well, what is he there bring, to? Be, is he there to do the Anthony Modest role? I, I mean, don't what, know. What's but his what? purpose? So you bring a 32-year-old who okay, has scored some goals in the Bundesliga, but it's still completely. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But, but we've said for a long time that they recruitment policy didn't make any sense to us so well it's funny because it's the same Borussia Dortmund who for years oh look they're so smart with their young players oh the young players maybe but not with the 32 year old that they signed the Daily Mail reports that the Glazer family has decided to take Manchester United off the market Gabby since neither the Qatari or Sir Jim Radcliffe met the asking price but they might put the club up for sale again in 2025 when market conditions might be better I mean Gab what's the I mean you have to feel also for the United fans I feel for the United fans I have a bit of an issue with this constant drip of reporting on this what does it mean that they said like they they the Qataris and Jim Radcliffe made an offer right yeah they turned it down yeah what does it mean? Oh, it's off the market. If somebody shows up with 10 billion tomorrow, of course they'll they sell to them, right? Yeah. So it's, it's not really off the market. Um, it just means that you didn't get offers that you thought were you thought were high enough. I think it means very little. It's all business. Well, let's put it back up for sale in 2025. The logic is United might be better by then. And also in the US, there'll be a lot of excitement around the World Cup, which will only be a year away. So maybe there'll be some other wealthy American billionaires who'll get who'll want to get involved. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's when Elon Musk decides maybe. to step into Imagine. the ring. Imagine wow. that. Monaco belongs 3 nails to stay top in Ligue 1. Jules, what's up with your man Frank Hayes? Yeah, it's not good, Gab. They still haven't won a game. Only one, one draw so far. They've had top fixtures, of course, because they played PSG. They've played Monaco, who are the two best teams in the league. And they play Rennes as well, who are also very good. Um, but people start to get worried a little bit now. Because PSG, we could say that there's still some good things in there. But PSG were, were better against Rennes. Maybe they deserve a bit better. But in this game, Monaco were just all over them. All like they destroyed them. It could easy, even easily have been more than three. And Monaco were great. And we said Adi Uta is doing an amazing job. And really the, the camera for Fana midfield is great. But that was really, I thought, worrying from a lost point of view. At least before there was always something we could say, oh yeah, but they did this, they did that. In this game, they did nothing. Really nothing. And they would have the Champions League coming very quickly after the international break as well. Gini Wijnaldum joins his old teammates, Steven Gerrard and Jordan Henderson at Al Etifak in Saudi Arabia. Gab, I guess we're going to see more deals like this with the Saudi window still open this summer? Yeah, obviously Gini Wijnaldum was in a situation where he was on loan in Roma last year, hardly played, was injured, came yeah. back, surplus to requirements at Paris Saint-Germain. You know, nobody wants him frankly at this stage because he's on a high salary yeah, so huge hey let's go to a team that can pay my wages um, one year left on his contract PSG got 10 million 
That's good yeah, business. That's for them. really good. That is a ton of that, money at his age too, yeah. with his injury record. Um, Unreal. Alatif fact weird. They're the only team outside the public investment fund four that have spent any money, and even they didn't spend that much money. No. I think twenty five million uh, in total on, yeah. on Henderson and him. Lionel Messi doesn't score, but he has a big night anyways. Inter Miami win three one away to uh, LAFC. Jules, he joined a last place team, and now they're they're eleven games undefeated. Yeah, it's a game that could have maybe gone the other way, and I thought LAFC were good, but it's just too good for Messi. And even if he doesn't score, he creates so much. Two assists for him in this game, and they they had, I just they have that momentum and that incredible confidence that goes with it. And I don't know. We said before we're waiting for them to go back to the league after the the, the league's cup, and now. We just don't know where they stop. Oh, one of the moves, I think, for the second goal, where like they just pass the ball in, in circles. Like it's not just Messi. I'm no, no, saying. yeah, it's like everybody has stepped. Everybody up. like definitely. everybody's raised their game. Yeah, definitely. And sticking with Messi, Gabi was praised by the union representing uh, striking hotel workers as the club Inter Miami decided to switch hotels rather than staying in one with a labor dispute. Dispute. Okay, so it's amazing if you attach your name to Messi, you can go and get. Free publicity, which <laughs> like, like we're giving them now. Um, I'm assuming it's not Messi. I, I don't know. I could be wrong, but he would have told us, I think, if Messi had said, oh, I stand with the striking workers, so let's not stay at the Fairmont Miramar, uh, where they probably might have scabs going in and whatever yeah. else. And please, can we stay somewhere else? If Messi, if Messi did that, and look, he doesn't have to do it. It's not his job. Yeah. If he did that, I'm assuming we would have found out. So I'm assuming LAFC... Who, sorry, not LFC, uh, Inter, Miami. Uh, Inter Miami, who did not respond to, to, to content. I mean, their owner, Jorge Mas, doesn't strike me as a big man of the people union guy, but who knows? <laughs> Maybe they changed it because of this. Maybe they changed it for completely different exactly. reasons. Maybe some other hotel cut them a better deal. I don't know. Yeah. But I love how, like, the union, you good for that. Right? Yeah. We, we, we put the spotlight on this. Exactly. Well, some serious labor yeah, issues yeah. there. It is. It is um, and it they're is. saying, oh, thank you, Messi and Inter Miami. Yeah. I love that. Sevilla's game away to Atletico Madrid is postponed amidst torrential rain forecasts, uh, but despite having lost three of three, they can celebrate to yeah. Sergio Ramos yeah. is back where it He's all began. Back. So just quickly on the game, it was postponed because the rain was coming, and guess what? The rain didn't come. It didn't rain in Madrid yesterday. <laughs> so, I mean, they will have to find another day to play that game, which might not make Atletico Sevilla, who are obviously in the Champions League, happy. But... That's the way. That's the way it is. And for Sergio Ramos coming back after 20 years, I'm, I'm pretty sure, Gabi, that some of the fans in Sevilla are not happy with him anyway after the way he left. And and there's a bit of bad blood there. So let's see how he's received, and also let's see how he plays because I can tell you after seeing him for two years in Paris that if you want to play a high line or a high-ish line defensively, yeah, not I, for Sergio I, Ramos, I think we can right? assume they're not going to do that. I so mean, they play the really deep, yeah. They have Goude, who's really a midfielder, yeah. and the other guy whose name I can remember. I can yeah, Kwasi. And, and uh, yeah, the French guy. Yeah, Kwasi Nzonzu. Yeah. Um, so and Bade as well. I tried Bade is the guy I was thinking yeah, yeah. of, right? The two of them. Yeah. Who's lived up to his last name in some of the early games? Um, like you, if you sign Sergio Ramos, you have to cater to Sergio Ramos, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be a lot of him shouting at other people, getting sent off, scoring yeah. headers. But the experience, pieces. you know, and it's on little money apparently. So it's a beautiful story. I think he's made enough money, yeah. yeah. Roy Keane was reportedly headbutted at the Emirates by an Arsenal fan and Mika Richards had to step in to calm things down on Sunday. Gab, they were 
they were there working, obviously, as TV Pandey, as we know here in, in the UK. But are you surprised anyone would mess with them? I and mean, it's an investigation, by the way, so we don't... Yeah, really we want. don't know the exact ins and outs. Um, we do know that uh, somebody, maybe they were maybe they were drunk, maybe they were under the influence. I mean, that's the only circumstance I can think of for, for getting into... A, into uh, for, for headbutting uh, Roy Keane. Um, certainly I'm surprised anybody with Mika Richards nearby. That is a very large man who's very got very man. large muscles. Um, yeah. That is not, you know, for all his, for all his laughing, ha, 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 like, you know, this is, he would make a very good bouncer, should he? Yeah. Should he choose to go on to that career, his third <laughs> career, uh, should he get bored with, uh, with television? Um, so I can only assume it's somebody who's, clearly doesn't belong in a football ground and maybe might have been under the yeah. influence too. Marseille drew 1-1 at Nantes on Friday, but Jules, there was plenty of incident and some worrying news. Yeah, really bad gab again. I mean, it's, it's not good for French football in general. We've said that every time there's an incident like that, there's this family who's Marseille supporters, but who live in Nantes, who went to the game, but in a normal stand, if you want, not in the away stand. Uh, and I, I actually don't think that non fans, uh, that Marseille fans were allowed to travel anywhere. Uh, but their fault, in a way, was to be sat not far from the stand where the non ultra uh, were sitting or standing. And when Marseille scored, the, they celebrated, especially the six-year-old or eight-year-old boy, and then got abused and spat on and threw him beer on and everything to the point that the dad actually had a heart attack, had to be taken to hospital where he had a second heart attack. He's okay now, he's still in, intens in intensive care, but the family had the scare of their life because the, the non-ultra then were jumping on the fence to try to go and, and sort them out, as they said themselves, that's me quoting the, the non-ultra. So horrible scenes, made even more horrible by the fact that the stewards, the security guys in the stadium didn't move an inch when they clearly, when everybody could see what was happening. So a lot to answer from Nantes, from the people who do the, the security at the, the La Bourgeois Stadium, from the Nantes Ultra as well. Uh, and their reputation is already not very good. So I don't know. I don't know what happened. The, the French League is also opening an investigation. It seems that the new, uh, the new uh, security guy at the club is at war with the Nantes Ultras. I mean, I don't know. It's... It's a strange one, but that should never happen. And three months ago, similar scenes happened in the Ajaccio Marseille, where a family who were Marseille fans were attacked by Ajaccio fans as well. So it's just it's just not good again. And the French football has to do something. Uh, I'm pretty old school about this. I think you should be respectful of of the rules, and you should not put you and your family in that potential situation. Um, mm. No, I know. Equally, obviously. Just as big a rule, a much bigger rule. Hey, if you're an ultra and you like to fight, whatever, that's that's your choice. You don't mess with civilians. That's been yeah, the code. Yeah, pick with other ultra. That's been, that's, yeah. been, that's been the code of the ultra since the beginning of time. Exactly. And look, I'm not endorsing it um, in any way. But you don't go and mess with civilians. Somebody with, I mean, what is wrong with you? I know, I know. Um, and obviously not. I got to take issue with them. You're yeah. responsible. It's your yeah. stadium. Yeah, you exactly. Know. Exactly. And the name Wolves player was racially abused in their 3-2 defeat away to Crystal Palace on Sunday. But Gab, the club acted promptly and the man was arrested. Yeah, so uh, this is the way it should work. This is the way. And look, I mean, they, sometimes, you know, we, we, we can be critical of clubs and whatever else, but this is the way it works. Well done, Crystal Palace. Well done, Wolves, um, for reporting it. Well done, Crystal Palace, for, for, for dealing with it. Um, assuming they got the right guy. Yeah. Well done, Palace fans, for, I'm guessing, pointing him out. Uh, it's, 
It's slightly odd because obviously Crystal Palace's fan base is extremely diverse, as is the, the first yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the way it works. You, this is not acceptable. And, no. you know, sometimes it takes cooperation from everybody to get this dealt with very, very quickly. So, yeah. so big shout out to Palace there. Yeah, definitely. Former Fulham owner Mohamed Al Fayed has passed away, Jules, almost 26 years to the day after his son, Dodi, who uh, died in Paris along with Diana, Princess of Wales. Uh, what's his football legacy? Yeah, I mean, Obviously, uh, uh, what's the word? Very much out there, Fulham owner, of course, uh, Mohamed Al Fayed, for a long time. I mean, there were highs, obviously, because they went up to the to the Premier League, for example, with Antigana. Some other things that may be more questionable, like the Michael Jackson statue at Craven Cottage. But you will know. You, I you think that was before a lot of oh, that was before things him? about okay. Michael Jackson were known, to be okay. fair. To yeah, him. yeah, as well. Yeah. But still, I mean, you probably know him better than I did. Uh, Who, Michael I, Jackson or Mohamed no, Al-Fayed? Mohamed Al-Fayed. So you can talk a bit more about it. But it's just, I think he loved football. I think he loved Fulham, really. Uh, I don't know how much he knew about football and really if he was a great owner or not a great owner. It's more for Fulham fans to answer. But it's always sad when someone has spent quite a lot of time in the football yeah. industry. And I think just in terms of football legacy, um, you know, I don't think Fulham would be in the Premier League right now. No, that's if true. Without Mohamed Al-Fayed all those years ago. Now, obviously, other people have kept them up and made sure they do the decline. But to believe that, you know, this this tiny club like two miles away from Stamford Bridge, um, which at the time when 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 they came up, you know, it was. I mean, the the stadium itself is a gorgeous stadium. Oh, the amazing! Of the Thames. It's, yeah, yeah. I think it's a listed building. I think yeah, it yeah, yeah. might be the only listed stadium. I mean, Highbury was a listed stadium yeah. until they decided to turn it into apartment buildings and build a new stadium next door. But um, it's pretty remarkable that Fulham continued to punch way above their weight and, and I think the foundations were laid yeah. were laid back then Juan Mata will continue his career I know he's a favourite of yours Gabi of course in Japan with Vissel Kobe he reportedly spurned several offers from Saudi Arabia are you surprised? Uh, as your boy you're correct Juan Mata is a favourite of mine yes I, have, I own two signed shirts one yes. of them is a is a Juan Mata shirt as you know um I'm not surprised because, look, he's already a guy who's had a bunch of interests outside football, right? He blogged about it yeah. in restaurants or whatever. He wants the experience of living in Japan, which to him is a culture that interests him more. And and, and maybe it's perhaps more, more transferable um, than to him anyway than, than going to Saudi. Yeah. Um, well done him. I Obviously, he had the experience in Istanbul. Yeah. Now, Kobe. Um I know. Good luck to him. Yeah, that's lovely. What a great guy. El Nasser beat up El Hazem 5-1 as Marcelo Brozovic, the, yeah, Braz, the Braz, puts on a show. And that Cristiano Ronaldo fella scores the 850th goal again. He's got a new celebration as well. Did you see? I'm not. It's like a dance. I think maybe something to do with his, with his children or that. Am I surprised that Al Nasser and the superstars beat uh, Al Hazem? No, I don't. Did I watch it? 50 is a big number. Yeah, it's a big number. It's amazing. And and, and well done, Cristiano. What an incredible achievement. And you know, clearly where where both are where both they are, the two goats are doing pretty amazingly well right now. So it's good. It's Cristiano good. and the bras, yeah. Yeah, of course. Milan could be in trouble, by the way, Gab, uh, for the way they play. Celebrated on the team bus following the 2-1 win over Roma on Friday night. What happened? So there's a song that Milan's fans have been singing, I think, for the last 15 years. It's a song uh, based on a 1970s ballad. It's very, very catchy. Yeah. Um, they were, uh, Rafael Leal posted them singing it, 
on the team bus. And if you haven't seen this, check it out because they're all happy. They're excited. They sing the song. Um, the song, basically, I'm going to paraphrase here. At one point, it says, you know, I'm so happy. It's just such an emotion, blah, blah, blah. And then if you don't dance with me, you are, a little translation, a Juve hunchback or okay. gobbo, as we say in Italian, right? Hunchback but or not, gobbo. No swearing. No. no, no, there's no swearing. Okay. Basically, you're not a Juve, you know, you're a Juve guy if you don't dance with us, right? Essentially, right? Gobbo, hunchback, it's it's a nickname. It's a nickname Juve fans give themselves. A long story about oversized shirts and stuff like that. Um, the Italian FA, uh, given that this year we're all kinder, gentler, nicer people, are investigating this because they say, ooh, this could be offensive to Juve, and we don't want to go and do anything to stoke up tension and pressure. I mean, I am appalled that they're wasting their time on this, right? <laughs> uh, leaving aside the obvious fact, first and foremost, you should celebrate the fact that these highly paid multi-millionaire footballers yeah. some of whom i'm gonna let you know a secret they don't really care about football they care about sex and money and stuff like that which is what most 20-somethings really care about they're so excited and they're so happy after the game that they go and they sing the song the same song that the fans sing right yeah. uh secondly there's nothing offensive in here about you you nobody from the uva sphere has said Ooh, you're <laughs> offended by this and you're wasting your time on this when there are far more serious things including uh, racial abuse cases, which, yeah, they've cracked down on, but they can certainly do a lot more. Yeah. This just makes you look so, so stupid. That's true. Um, it's absolutely, absolutely appalling. That's and right. they should just drop this straight away. Yeah. Jules, this brings us to an end, but oh. we got to come back on yeah. Thursday. Thursday. It's International Week it and is. more of a treat. Uh, it's Gab and Jules on Thursday, not Gab or Jules. Exactly. We're both back. Exactly. So until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Love yourself.